0: Welcome to episode 191 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson.
1: And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with William Newton, a designer at Gusto, formerly a pixel wizard at Crossfader App. A pixel? Are you just reading his Twitter bio straight up? Well, if one calls himself a pixel wizard, you must... You don't fuck around with pixel wizards. You must introduce him as such. Uh, It was a very fun episode. Before we get into it, a couple things. First up, Come hang out with us in our Spectrum frequency. Spectrum is a thing that Brendan and I and Max have been working on. We talked about it in last week's intro. Uh, It's a place where communities are built, and we have our own. If you go to spectrum.chat, you can sign up with Twitter and find design details on there. We'll link to it in the show notes. We're chatting about episodes, and of course, there's a bunch more frequencies in there where people are talking about what's going on in the world. So join us at spectrum.chat. Second, We have a sponsor this week called Flow. You know what you need to do? Get a to-do app. Flow is a simple project management tool for design teams. Uh, It helps you run your team and your projects your way and gives you a single space to stay on top of everything that's happening at work, uh, anything that's going on, whether that's a to-do or a task or a project. Basically, if you're having trouble managing a busy team or you find yourself overwhelmed with emails and notifications or just having trouble keeping up with who's working on what flow is for you teams are flocking to flow when email and sticky notes or to-do apps just aren't cutting it and you need something that does a little bit more complex project management but you don't need something that's totally overkill flows built by designers for designers uh, made by a world-class team who work on companies like slack apple ted tumblr It's a beautiful, simple, intuitive app uh, for web, desktop, iOS, Android, everywhere you work, your team will be up and running with Flow in just a few minutes. Obviously, no training required. It integrates with all of your existing workspaces like Dropbox, Box, Google Drive, so it's super easy to share and collaborate on designs, and your team can leave comments and feedback directly on a task to keep discussion focused on the work at hand. Flow really is about simple project management. It's not an overloaded project management tool. It's made for designers to do better work. You can learn more at getflow.com slash design details. If you start a trial from that URL, you'll save 20% on a monthly plan. Or if you do the annual subscription, it'll save you 30%. Again, that's at getflow.com slash design details. Thank you so much to Flow for sponsoring. And with that, let's get into episode 191 with Will Newton.
2: Um, my name is Will Newton. I am a designer in San Francisco. I work at a company called Gusto. I like uh, house music and techno. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I enjoy long <laughs> hikes Walks on the and, <laughs> uh, long hikes in the Muirwoods. <laughs> woods in the Tamil Pious Mountain. Ah, uh, yes, specifically. Uh, I like to think of myself as multifaceted multifaceted human.
1: I'm a complex God, creature. I was
0: <laughs> really thinking you were like a single facet kind of guy.
2: Well, we can get into that later. There's the, the whole dynamic just, between just one facet, it's just stoke. St- <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am stoked. It's just stoked to be here with you guys, so thanks for having me. Oh, thanks.
1: Of course. What are you working on right now?
2: Um, Well, today, like right now...
1: Yeah, yeah, right we're now. We're
2: working on our April Fool's joke. Uh, At Guston, ah, which I'm really excited about. The most efficient about. use of company time I can <laughs> possibly imagine. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's this little thing.
1: Wait, that... are you going to spoil it?
2: No. I'm going to be totally hand wavy about it. Ooh.
1: That'll be very exciting for us. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. What's they... Breaking news. <laughs> 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 what is there, it? There
2: will be a joke, it will not be serious. Um, <laughs> most good jokes are not serious. <laughs> there's there's cool. two of us working on it. Uh, just a little, a little thing. You'll see. You'll what, see you next week. Will we? I mean, what is it? You might. Well, can, I can't tell can, you about can it. Can you
1: give us a DD exclusive?
2: Uh, bah, 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 bah. So it has to do with redefining HR.
1: Oh God. Yeah. HR is going to be an acronym Horse for something resources.
2: That, <laughs> <laughs> So you guys. Can you just guess it? You guys are really clever. Uh, so if we spend too much time, you're going to totally guess it. I'm was it horse to- resources? <laughs> <laughs> it was not horse resources, but you're on the right track. Um, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but... You
1: changed the meaning of one of the letters. It's either something resources or... or, renovation. or human, home star runner. Home, home star runner, yeah. <laughs> we rebrand as a home star runner spinoff.
2: That would be fantastic. Um. Trying to think of like a, a joke here, but I don't want to like actually spoil the surprise. <laughs> all right, okay. right. <laughs> we'll segue out of that. Well, hang tight, everyone. You know, just set a reminder, April first. Figure out what Will Newton's been working on. Cool. <laughs> the um, uh, I'm I work on the HR team at Gusto, so wait, it's
1: wait, not all HR. Quick pause. Yeah, what's Gusto for people that don't know?
2: Oh, uh... yeah, that makes sense. Gusto <laughs> is a um it's a payroll HR software uh, cloud-based software that helps small businesses forget about all the complicated things about running a business and focus on uh, doing great work doing whatever it is they do so
1: you've been reading the marketing copy
2: well that's just sort of like the, <laughs> that's the the, the, the the high level pitch yeah <laughs> sure, sure it's um yeah, it's cloud-based uh, payroll software and you can administer health benefits to your company cool um,
0: unless you're under four people unless
2: and that's, <laughs> that's something that I just is new today. to me.
0: No. Uh, Please fix. For the past like two, three years, like most of my money has come through Gusto. Like we were Zen payroll before the rebrand and then mm-hmm. got that cool email. First one been like,
1: hey, guess what? We're just going to send you stuff from a like, different paid. name now.
2: <laughs> so you, By the way, we're someone else.
1: So you work on the HR portion of that?
2: I work on the HR portion and I work on the email designs okay. and uh, we collectively work on our our um, component style guide system together. There's a few of us that kind of pitch in for that. So within HR, um, we recently grew from being just a payroll company to payroll and benefits and now it's payroll benefits and HR, sort of like a all-in-one uh, solution for businesses. And so- I work on the HR stuff.
1: Cool. What does that mean?
2: Um, things like- isn't HR, just he, when HR I, rep. Isn't HR he's just when HR I complain
1: rep. about other people?
2: So the, it's an interesting question is-
1: I want to file an HR complaint against my co-founder.
2: <laughs> what, what has he done?
1: Everything.
0: I, oh, yeah. No, I actually just do everything and he just sits there.
2: <laughs> Please resolve. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, basically what we had to- Because I don't have a background in HR. So- I had to do my own investigation. Well, what is HR? And what it comes down to is um, onboarding new employees, uh, sort of managing compliance and just employee management in general. Um, In the, like the new wave, there's a lot of talk about- new wave HR? New wave HR, the future, baby. There's a a lot of- uh, Robots.
1: So trendy. Cyborgs.
2: (laughs) There's a lot of talk about like, helping, uh, people develop. So focusing on helping people grow professionally, uh, personally. Um, cause you know, a lot of, a lot of people after college, they just go start working somewhere and they're not done learning and growing about life. They need like good managers and good mentors to help them continue to mm-hmm. become people. Right. Mm-hmm. Not me. You just popped out. Perfect.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Employee actually. <laughs> I've done nothing wrong. I know everything. <laughs> this episode is complete. Yeah, you're a wonderful employee, <laughs> Brian. I follow. So, what does that mean for you as a, a designer uh, and the design team working on on the HR portion of of this?
2: Um, well, we did. We've done like some explorations. Uh, okay. We got to do some cool uh, work doing. Like visioning exercises, I can't really get into too much of the like, sure. results of that, but yeah, yeah. sort of thinking down the road of like, what is the future of um,
0: what does human a- resource look like on Mars?
2: Exactly. If we all had to get on a spaceship and go colonize a new planet, if we could rethink <laughs> of it completely, uh-huh. what would it be like?
0: What does it look like when everyone's in cryostasis? <laughs> what are the human resources then? Ice. Very. It'd be very chill. <laughs> nailed it (laughs) fucking nailed it
2: (laughs) yeah so that's that's what's uh that's what's going on there
1: what about when you're not designing hr what do you work on
0: um emails weren't you listening
1: that's part of his work i i love emails why wait
2: hang on because we get to code like it's 1995 say that one more time i love Email design. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, well, I love emails. Wow. Why? It's an
0: uncommon statement. It is.
2: Because most people hate emails. Yeah. So it's easier to be really good at it. I like comparatively. <laughs> comparatively. Okay. Say.
0: Since everyone else is trying to avoid them, you, you can be a specialist. Just dive in. All
2: yeah. right. Um, we have the benefit of having people who really care about like emails and email design at Augusto, so I get to invest some time there to sure. make them really nice. So I enjoy that. Okay. Also, it was super gnarly of a problem that I inherited when I started working there about a year ago. So I got to, I sort of just went in on it. Tell me now more. I'm what like was the, the problem? The expert. Oh, we had different emails coming from different places, yeah, and yeah. they were inconsistent and. Things like that. And Standardization. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I took it upon myself as a, a mission to make it better.
1: Email design systems.
2: I Exactly.
1: I don't really, I think there are good emails. I mean, it's it's like designing anything, right? You have constraints, you have mm-hmm. tools a available. Lot to, lots and lots of constraints. Uh, it just happens to be that the constraints are often incredibly frustrating to deal with. And unfair. And unfair. Tables on tables on tables. Right?
2: Yeah. How it's, do you get uh, in the I, mindset to deal with that? Um, just, I think, just like lower your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's really about simplicity. Yeah. Uh, the f- number one thing to remember about email design is like write good emails, and then good email design becomes simpler. It's really like effective communication, being articulate, clear, concise, compelling. Mm-hmm. Simplify. Like, less is more. And once you have this nice little body of text, how can you arrange the type in a way that is nice and add some minor visual, you know, little flares? And then maybe one little special cherry on top to really make it wow.
1: Like a really big logo.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Huge logo. Right Actually,
0: all of his header images are cherries. He was being very literal and adding a cherry on top.
1: It's not a bad idea.
2: So this one email I have coming up, I'm using a GIF in the header. Uh huh. So it's like, uh, I just did. So this a is an audio <laughs> oh, fuck, That was a hand gesture. That was like a spirit finger jazz hands. Ooh. <laughs> right on Ch- top.
1: And that's the sound of it Ch- Ch- when you open the email.
0: Ch- <laughs> 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 ah yes, it has a, an MP3 embedded in it as well. <laughs>
2: So I haven't been able to do that, but what I have heard is the holy grail of uh, email design is having a video background image, uh, which is supported uh, by certain clients. It's not supported by most, so you have to have graceful fallbacks. Yeah, but um,
0: you have to just say, "Hey, no, this is a bad client, and you're bad, and we don't love you." So and
2: you make me feel bad, and everything about this. You just know that, that some
0: bad. other people are getting a really cool email. <laughs>
2: I have, have the fallback usually. be an image that just says,
0: this is really cool in a different client. <laughs> Upgrade, yeah. Oh,
2: um, so when I'm not making uh, HR cloud software and emails, uh, I do uh, some visual art experimentation stuff okay. uh, around mostly revolving around triangles. As so you can see my, my triangle tattoo.
0: That exp- translates very well to the audio, okay. yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, oh, I have this. Shit. Concentric-
1: I wish everyone listening could see that. Ah, damn, it's so, so just- triangular.
2: Uh, so it's three <laughs> concentric triangles. Mathematical, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
1: God, sorry. We're being assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you can take
0: it. <laughs> that was an Adventure Time reference.
2: Oh, that's like the one show that I feel like I should watch and don't.
1: Hmm.
2: Right, right up there with Rick and Morty. You guys watch that as well? No. no. Okay. Just Adventure Time.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't even watch Adventure Time. Anyways, triangles, sorry. Um,
2: yeah, so I think it was last year I decided um, that I wanted to try to do like an art project. Mm-hmm. Um, so I converted my Instagram into a an art project and I every time I would post this like visual art experiment, oftentimes had to do with geometries, sort of positive, negative, balance, like collages, basically digital collages that I would make in Photoshop. And I would always post a series of three, Um, and that way I was forced to make lots of stuff. So I would get inspired. I would see something that was interesting uh, and then I would make some art out of it. And then I would have to make two more. And that was sort of, I did that for almost an entire year, um, last year in 2016. So that resulted in tons and tons of artwork and it sort of culminated as like a art Show that was at a uh, Minna Gallery. Crazy, um, super fun thing. But uh, towards the end of the year, I realized that it started to feel kind of more like a chore, of like I had to make some art for my thing, and I made a conscious decision to like take a step back from doing that, um, and so I like ended the project, um, which was interesting it kind of felt like like letting something go that became a part of my identity like i really enjoyed doing it but it felt like it start as soon as i recognized that it started to feel like an obligation and not something that i was really excited about all the time i was like all right it's time to time to set this one free
1: that's hard to do
2: yeah totally
1: i think about um hmm. any repetitive like People say they want to blog every week or something. I've done this in the past. I want to to have this cadence of doing a thing. You blogged every day for a while. Yeah. And there's a tipping point where you're pretty good. You're like, wow, I've been blogging. I'll just use this example. I've been blogging every day or every once a week for 20 weeks. Mm -hmm. I have to keep going. Mm -hmm. There's this tipping point where it feels like, it's requ- you have to keep going. It's required of you, yeah. But then there's the second tipping point, which I think is what you're getting at, is like, how do I stop this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do I stop? I mean, so we've been doing this show every week for over two years. And it's like, well, at this point, it's just such a routine, it would be really hard to stop. It'd be, mm-hmm. be like a hole, you know? Mm-hmm. What'd that feel like when you-
2: It was, win? so it was, for me- It. I could feel like I wanted to put more energy into other things. Emails. Like, like emails and uh, and and music. So des- there's art, design, and music are sort of like my three like core, That's your triangle. That's my triangle of yeah. passions right there. Uh-huh. Um, well, there's our title. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's it. I walked right into that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, so uh, art, design, and music. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, yeah, just totally lost what I was saying. Art, music, design. Yeah, art, music, and design. And I felt like the art piece was, even though I had just spent a year sort of investing in it and refining like my taste and my aesthetic or whatever, uh, it was taking away from music and design. And I wanted to double down more I wanted to invest more in myself as a designer uh, and just sort of a creative person in general and then as a as a purveyor of house and techno beats
1: so you doubled down on music and design uh yeah how's that been going
2: uh pretty great i would say i think it's tricky because when i think about what i what needs to happen for me to sort of get to the next level uh with With music is it involves like learning all sorts of stuff about digital audio workspace and like producing music and things like that, and trying to expand sort of like my network of uh, of people that I know within the music community because at the end of the day, in a city like San Francisco, if you're trying to play, Uh, at festivals or like release music it's really all about who you know and having good relationships with those people
0: i see an interesting metaphor here for the design industry
2: yeah (laughs) yeah but it's tough trying to like when i think of those things as at odds with each other like there's like my design career and then there's like my music interest uh and i'm not trying to like be a a like career DJ per se, but I love music and I love the community uh, and it's a part of who I am, but I feel like I'm not sure if that's going to be forever, but like thinking of myself as a creative person is definitely going to be forever. And so design sort of stems from that, sort of like creative problem solving. And the music sort of stems from that too, but kind of in a different way. I don't know.
1: So have you totally fallen off the the art side of your triangle? Are you what,
2: I mean it's off balance it's always now? still there. I think it's just the focus. I was off balance before. So uh, now I'm recorrect rebalancing, uh, sure, sure. recalibrating.
1: I th- I think about that quite a bit um making sure I'm not doing things just to do them. Mm-hmm. Like when it becomes part of your identity and you do it because you feel like that's what you're supposed to do right. for some arbitrary reason. So what's an that's example?
0: That's like a uh, warning sign, right? Working at Facebook. That's why you solved it. You were just like, I put too much of my identity into Facebook. It's, uh, it's literally on there. I have a page and everything. And it just says who I am. And
1: <laughs> I have a Facebook account. No, I'm thinking... Uh, <laughs> my face is on the book. An example that's quite a bit different, but maybe has similar underlying things is uh I wanted to read a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I used to read a lot. You do that a lot, yeah. But now I haven't been reading because I'm working on other things. And I feel this guilt of not reading because I'm like, oh, I'm a person who reads. I'm supposed to be reading. Right. When in fact, all I've done is traded the time doing mm-hmm. that into other productive time doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like maybe the same thing happened. Is like, yeah, you always have that that side of you, but you've just reprioritized the time into something that is more interesting now. Right. Because there's only
2: so much time. And that'll
1: recalibrate over time, right?
2: Right.
0: Cool. Brian, are you reassuring yourself through?
1: <laughs> I am justifying my bad habits. Your lack of readership. I have swapped reading with writing. Well, you are- Bad JavaScript.
0: Traditionally <laughs> quite the bookworm. Yeah.
1: And I haven't been.
2: Well, then you should get Audible. Oh God! Or am I the third person today to tell you that?
1: No, I just don't have a commute anymore. So when do you oh. even when do you even listen to books
2: on the commute? Duh. Yeah, I don't have yeah. a commute.
1: Yeah. Bummer. Drat. You
2: should get a commute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> want to move to yeah
0: somewhere uh, well, not here? You moved to Menlo Park, so you can I'm, drive up here.
1: Only <laughs> 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 there's a job in the Peninsula. Uh, back to you. Uh, I want to circle back because it is interesting that. The way you think of yourself as a creative person, but we should figure out how we got there. Where are you from?
2: Uh, I am from, I was born here and I grew up uh, on the East Coast. I grew up in Florida, mm-hmm. South Florida, and I went to college in Gainesville, Florida, go Gators, and then moved to San Francisco almost four years ago. Okay.
1: That was a lot Just of, bam, whoo, real Yeah. Fast. So you were moving a lot as a kid.
2: Uh, yeah, not, not any particular reason other than, uh, my dad got a job in DC. Mm -hmm. So we moved to Virginia Mm -hmm. when I was six. Um, and then they finished what they were doing there. And then he got a job in Miami. So we moved to South Florida.
1: When did you feel that you started becoming a creative person or making things?
2: It's interesting that you ask that because, um, I think I've always just kind of been like that. My first memory is me drawing, sitting on the floor with my dad. We're drawing stuff with, I had a green highlighter. Mm-hmm. I was we really like drawing faces or something when I was, this is when I was like two or three uh, in Oakland.
0: Green highlighter faces is green a classic Green highlighter look. faces. Classic
2: oh, yeah. look. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't remember anything
1: stuff. from when I was that age.
2: Well, that's the first thing I remember. and That's amazing, yeah. And I, when I was little, I would always doodle. And my parents always saved everything I've ever made. So we have like boxes of ridiculous, like drawings of monsters and stuff Um, and rainbows and cities and (laughs) Uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. This is
1: my monster box and this is my (laughs) rainbow box. (laughs) here's my green highlighter face. Brian, what
0: would your boxes be full of? I don't know. Mine would definitely be like Dragon Ball Z images Uh, for sure. uh, Like just sketches, terrible, terrible sketches of Goku. and Piccolo. Piccolo was my favorite thing to draw.
2: I could see you as a Super Saiyan. Just, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, I don't know what that means, but all right. I'm, I could see you as
2: I'm just pretty imagining strong the hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't know what my boxes would be. I used to draw a lot of stuff. What'd you draw? I don't remember. Pokemon's. I don't remember, man.
2: Did you make your own? Like uh... you
1: drew books. <laughs> 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 That's this whole side thing. Is I don't have a good memory of my childhood, so I started writing. Every day. You, you don't
0: mean... Like, it wasn't like negative memories. You just
1: don't remember well? Yeah, I don't remember well. It sucks. I don't remember a whole lot. Like, if if my memory is jogged, I will maybe start to piece stuff together. But if hmm. like, this kind of question. What'd you do when you were a kid? What'd you draw? Like, Snowboarding. I don't know. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: is, this is, if you've ever listened to this
1: show, you know that we... <laughs> tangent yeah <laughs> and some people love that and some people hate that
2: so <laughs> be <laughs> pre- tangent all day i've listened to like literally just, like 80 of these i think i might have skipped hmm. i started at the beginning so and then i started like i skipped forward
1: so you drew a lot
2: yeah I drew a lot of stuff i drew like imaginary games i would draw like these levels yeah i guess i, I played a lot of like video games when hmm. i was way young so she was siblings Uh, Yeah. I have a little brother, James. He is still in Florida, works at a hospital doing stuff over there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, my imagination when I was like little, you know, just get lost in there. I would just like draw tons of stuff. Did that ever get you in trouble? Sort of. So the reason I got into design was because I was really interested in graffiti art. Uh, ah. as, a, as a young one i think Ooh, when i, I was can like relate. 13 14 15 yeah um and yeah so lots of drawing in notebooks and stuff like lots of forums wink wink online forums where you could see paintings that other people have done lots of stuff like that, Is that like bomber yeah bombing science bombing science yeah. yeah i wonder if it's still there
1: dude bombing science was my jam in middle school yeah. i loved that website oh my god <laughs> What are you talking it about? It was just a graffiti form. It was the
2: graffiti form. It was it the was big awesome. one. Yeah. You could order like all sorts of ridiculous-
1: Learn how to make paint markers. And- yeah. yeah. Crink. Yeah. For notebook use. Yeah. Uh-huh. In your notebooks. In your notebook. Because
2: you need it to look authentic on paper. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's that's how I got uh, into the, the discipline of design, really. Um, I was going to be an engineer- I was in like in high schools and like AP physics and stuff. And I remember I started making these canvases for my friends um, for like birthday presents and stuff. So I'd get a canvas and I would paint it and then make a stencil of their name and do like this really intricate like graffiti writing of their name. And I would give these away as gifts. You
1: were a good friend. (laughs) Holy shit.
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, just just to like my best friends, not like everybody. That's amazing, yeah. Um, But – I remember I left one out. It was like the biggest one I had ever done. It was like three and a half feet by three and a half feet square. And, um, it was really elaborate and had like multiple stencils on it. And, uh, I left it out in the garage overnight. I was up till five in the morning working on it. And then my parents like found it. They had no idea I was doing all this stuff. They just thought I was like playing with art or whatever. They didn't realize I was making cool stuff. And, uh, so then when I woke up the next day, there were all these printouts for like different design schools and stuff that I could go to, like for college. Oh, like, oh you God, should go think about going to art school. Another way. No, no, they weren't like upset or anything. Yeah, they they so- let me paint their garage and things like that. They were really supportive of, uh, my, uh, art habit, <laughs> like graffiti habit. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, um, So yeah, then I I guess I realized, oh, so there's like tons of people that study art and design and I can do that instead of studying like civil engineering. Uh, So I did. Uh, (laughs) You're like, yo, I want to make emails. There's a couple (laughs) of steps that got there. So first I wanted to make Tumblr themes. So that was the first serious web design shit that I did uh, in college, like studying graphic design and then think around junior year, they're like, everyone needs to make a Tumblr and you guys are going to make a Tumblr theme.
1: Oh, For- this was a class assignment.
2: It, yeah. It was, it was like our first class assignment as juniors. And so I was like, cool. Got super, super into that. Okay. And then that's when I learned to love to code like it's 1995.
1: <laughs> um, because <laughs> modifying Tumblr themes yeah. is not easy. Inline styles yes, forever. Forever and ever.
2: Um, so yeah, but that's when I, that piqued my interest, like, oh, so all the stuff that you can do in real life, you can actually just do it on your screen and you can basically do whatever you want. Uh, so I'm really interested in that. And screen graffiti. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I remember, uh, you guys familiar with groove shark? Yeah. So Groove Shark was the first dream job that I did not ever get close to getting. I was hoping uh, you'd bring this up. The Groove Shark. <laughs> did, re- did you read yeah. my, you know, John?
1: No, I don't know him, but I read. Um,
2: so yeah, the, uh, the Groove, Sh- Groove Shark, Groove was a music streaming service, much like Spotify before Spotify. It was amazing because you it was like everyone who was, was, was named sad. after a shark
0: dog. I mean,
2: <laughs> well, I feel like as cool as I know enough about Groove Sharks where I can like tell the secrets. The, uh, so it's named Groove Shark because, um, Someone, they were working on it in its infancy and it was a secret project. And so they're like, well, we need a secret project name. So they're like, well, your secret project names have to be a color and an animal. So it was blue shark. And then they're just like groove shark. And then it's stuck.
0: Like cool. that. Blue groove. I mean, it's, it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> that's so close.
2: Uh, so anyway, that's how groove shark name came to be. It was a music streaming service that was super awesome. They tried to play off of the advertising model or the YouTube's content uploading model, but then uh, there was like some leak that um, employees were encouraged to upload music in mass, which is illegal. So they lost the lawsuit big time, and the company dissolved. Yeah, which was very sad for lots of people, but. While they were kicking ass, they were located in Gainesville, Florida, which is where I oh, went to school. I didn't know that. Uh, so that was their competitive advantage: was that their burn rate was so low, so you can like live like a king in Gainesville on thirty thousand dollars a year. Uh, so all the other companies in San Francisco and New York that were doing the same thing kept going out of business because they ran out of money. Uh, meanwhile, Groove Shark was just trucking along. Yeah. So that was uh, that's why they. Lasted as long as they did. Um, also, they were like the coolest company in the city, and everyone wanted to hang out with them. Uh, I ended up living above their office for about two and a half years, so I became friends with a lot of those people.
1: Sure, and you wanted to work there? I totally wanted to work there.
2: So when I was in college, yeah, sorry, that was the point of the story. Um, when I was, I got in, you. I thought you were just trying
1: to get to the point where, like, I lived
0: above
2: them. I lived I above to, them. It I know was how to pretty bring cool. This, bring this back around. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I really wanted to work there. They had a design internship program, and I'm like, great, that, I'm an intern. Like this yeah. is gonna be awesome. Yeah. So I applied, and I went, and I interviewed, and I thought everything was was good, and then like they picked someone else instead of me, and I was like, ah, oh, like. But then uh, John Ashenden, the the guy who was the lead like uh, creative lead at the time, wrote me this really nice, thoughtful letter explaining uh, that they they got someone else and they're so sorry, but also like these are the things you should do to kind of take your career to the next level and I hope to see your application in my inbox like next semester or whatever. Uh, And so some of the things that he mentioned were that web design is a science, but it's fueled by creativity. Um, And so he was sort of pushing me to take my, Excitement uh, around like the graffiti aesthetic, and try to like apply that to pixels. Like learn to love pixels. Learn so he's basically details.
0: saying Winamp skins.
2: Winamp, Winamp, Winamp. <laughs> Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah. I
0: mean, graffiti
1: Winamp skins had to have been a thing, right?
2: If they weren't, well, they tell me, bring it back.
1: I, I think people. So we'll link to the the blog post that has the full text of his letter, and, and then your thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. But take me. Back to what that was like for you. So you're uh, young as far as designers, like 19, but you have this art background, you're trying to get into this like digital product mm-hmm. space and then you get rejected. Like walk me through what happened and
2: what it was kind of like, uh, but it was really, really nice and really, really thoughtful. And I knew that at the time I'm like, he didn't have to, to write this. Like most of the time, if you don't get a job, you get some boilerplate response from the recruiter saying, Hey, we
0: decided not to move this forward. Uh, Yeah.
2: Yada, yada. Like they actually are all exactly the same. I mean, they're pulling from one recruiter rejection letter database, but this was uh, the best rejection letter I ever received in that he really took the time to, he invested in me by like trying to, to help out, even though I didn't get, the internship, uh, which was really, really great. And so l- years later, I f- came across it in my email. Um, and I was like, this is, this is incredible. Uh, I need to share this. So I yeah, yeah. wrote about it on my blog and sort of elaborated on yeah. some of the points.
1: At the time, what did you change or how did, how did his feedback alter the way you approached your work and? The direction you wanted to take your career, if at all.
2: I think it really just sort of pushed me to try harder and just do, like, just <laughs> be, be better. Because it's like, it's like you, he, basically what, what I took from that is, hey kid, you got a lot of potential, but you're not quite there yet.
0: Hey kid, you got a lot <laughs> of, got a lot of-
2: <laughs> <laughs> but just, you know, be better. Um, he was just, also uh, do a better. New
1: Jersey mafioso. <laughs>
2: Um, but no, I mean, I, that, that's not all that I thought about it, but, uh, it was like, okay, so I'm on the right track. I just need to keep at it and like, just because like the only measuring stick by which I can think whether or not I'm doing good enough is like how far I can push myself. So
1: the blog post you I couldn't quite get a sense because, um, what I interpreted, was that perhaps your work pre that Mm -hmm. email was more about graphic art Mm -hmm. and visual art. Yeah, And then this email happened and he's encouraging you to think of it more like a science with Mm -hmm. the art as maybe uh, a nice to have, almost like inverting that process. Is that the case? Like how did your actual work change?
2: That's absolutely true. Um, In terms of how did it change in like a micro sense, uh, I was still in school at the time. So I was like doing school projects and then like hanging out with friends on the weekends, you know, like college students do. But uh, it, it changed the way that I thought about like my growth direction. It's like, okay, I need to learn more about the web and more about how things are being done like in the industry and less about not necessarily less about anything else, but just not focusing as much on pure creative expression type stuff and focus more on, okay, how do I solve problems within these constraints that are there? How do I, um, you know, do stuff that way.
1: Yeah. Who did you get to know the designers at Groove Shark?
2: Um, um, not particularly well. The people that I knew at Groove Shark were, was sort of random. because
1: okay. uh, I remember Groove Shark being one of those websites as a person just getting into building websites. That was the holy grail. It was so <laughs> beautiful and yeah, it had depth and texture and gradients and yeah. the logo. I mean, it was it was gorgeous.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thinking about it now.
1: I remember it really fondly.
2: I know a few of the the people that worked on it for a while. My friend Jocelyn actually just moved out here. Yeah. Yeah, so.
1: So what'd you what'd you do after the email? Like you you had a little more school left.
2: Yeah, so after that point, uh I just, you know, tried to try, tried to try to do better, tried to learn more, tried mm-hmm. to read about it re- like on the internet you know start reading the blogs uh-huh. start following I'm familiar people, with the internet yeah follow people on twitter you know uh-huh and try to soak in like what are the industry people doing cuz it's like I'm not going to learn what I need to learn from school I'm going to learn what I need to learn from guys like this so like how do I follow all those people on twitter and read all of their blogs and do that all the time uh, and so I guess it m- motivated me to try to learn more from um like industry peers and like industry mentors, I guess people that I don't necessarily need to know, but I could like follow them and sure. learn from them.
1: And you graduated.
2: Yeah. So I graduated in, uh, in Gainesville and I stayed, what
1: was your degree or whatever? Uh, so d- <laughs> what was your degree or <laughs> what did you whatever. college about? Or, or something. Uh, what did you college about? I yeah. colleged
2: in the field of graphic design. So okay. graphic design, uh, BFA, uh, with, uh, Business and art history minors. Hell yeah! So I got to histories and I got to economics.
1: Mm-hmm. And then what happened? You graduated.
2: Yeah. So uh, about that time, right in, at the end of my senior year, I started working at a company called Feather, which was a startup in Gainesville. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a really interesting stint in figuring stuff out. Uh, we we're these my, the two other early stage, I guess, co-founders, uh, dropped out of school to pursue this full time. Uh, and they had a little bit of seed funding because they had won some like startup competitions, pitch competitions. Uh, and I really helped them figure out kind of like their brand and what the app was and how all the interactions worked. And then we were trying to figure out like a scalable business model, uh, a bunch of kids right out of college, like who are not quite sure exactly what they're doing. Uh, so it was really fun and really interesting, um, to do for a while. I was there for about two years until the opportunity to come to San Francisco sort of hit me in the face.
1: Literally or hit, hit you really? in the face. It
2: hit me in the email.
1: Ah, yeah. I got an email right in that inbox face. Yeah. <laughs> And you were like, holy shit, email is what I want to do with my life. <laughs> I got this email and realized, wow, email is kind of beautiful.
2: And then I read the email and then I got a job. That's basically what happened. Um, I I mean, things don't fall out of the sky. Normally you have to like set yourself up for, for good luck, right? So I, I put out my feelers to uh, my network in California and in San Francisco. And I was like, I really, really, really am interested in moving to to San Francisco or to California in general. Uh, and I'm really, really interested in, you know, taking my life out there. So if if there's anything comes to mind that you think I would be a good fit for, let me know.
0: How did you do that? How did you reach out to people? What was like putting out your feelers? What did that mean?
2: Um well specifically, um one good friend, I emailed him. He was speaking at a conference that we were attending. And so I emailed him and I said, hey, I would love to chat with you uh, sort of about my like future career idea for a little bit if you have some time. Uh, and he, he said, sure, of course, it would be great. So we go outside and we have a Diet Coke and we're sitting on the stairs of this Miami hotel by water, by this fountain. And he's like, so what's up? And I say, I really, really, really want to go to San Francisco. And he said, OK, well, do it make a six-month plan and i'm like so what does that mean he's like well make a timeline and do it and just go <laughs> and i'm like but but i need a job yeah um he said okay well like just act like you're gonna go and then just like try just, just go out there and see you know put together some meetings wasn't particularly tactically helpful, but it was <laughs> just kind of vague like, enough to be inspiring. Just, just go. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. It I'll, sounds I'll so try. easy when you say it like that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was sending out emails, uh, like, Hey, interested in this junior designer position. No, no replies. Um, no one ever got back to me. Uh, just as I was starting to get a little bit demotivated, I get an email from him. Uh, and he, it said, Uh, DJ Z is hiring a product designer. If that's not the reason for you to move to San Francisco, then nothing is. Would you like an intro? Uh, and so that was like, that was the email that hit me in the face. I basically, I was at home visiting my parents for Easter or something and like, boom, went straight into fight for my life work mode. I was so excited. Uh, I basically dropped everything and put everything into trying to get this gig Ah, uh, to go work at DJs. DJZ was was like MTV for EDM. dot com.
1: Okay, wait for real. Yeah, that was a lot they, of letters.
2: So basically, DJZ
1: EDM D-
2: DJZ was meant to be like a portal for electronic dance music, uh, like a central hub, um, community news. Uh, releases, stuff like that. It's really hard to like become a media site out of nowhere. It costs a lot of money. Uh, so we were we had a bunch of different products that did different things uh, and Crossfader was one of them and that one had this weird magical stickiness to it. So we ended up devoting all of our time and resources into exploring crossfader as, its own sort of organization. What was Crossfader? Crossfader um, is the world's simplest DJ app.
1: Oh, still got the pit.
2: Super simple. Yeah, it's still running. You can download it in the app store. Basically, it was, uh, we're thinking, how do we take DJing and cut it all the way down to the most basic and simple essence of what it means to DJ? Uh, So it's like driving a boat with training wheels, basically. Like, hang that's on, stuck on There's a to, metaphor. we gonna have to
1: stop you there. Uh, why does the boat, boat have training wheels? With training, so it's like a propelled. boat because you can't
2: stop, right? And you're just going forward. You can't stop.
0: And the wheels are creating but drag you've got, in the water. Uh-huh. Can- <laughs> I like the sound effects of the water. Thank you.
1: Yeah, hang on. Uh, one second. Here we go. So you're cruising uh, through the water. Cruise, yeah. cruise,
0: cruise, and the, and cruise, The training cruise, wheels cruise. are
2: just keeping you on track. But, but the,
1: how do the training wheels work? Do they, they reach down to the bottom sort of, of the ocean? They act as a sort of rudder, yeah. Let me explain this Two too. rudders. One so on you each side two, to
2: stay going two str- two rudders They're made that of goes, wheels. Yes.
1: And for some reason, uh, <laughs> the, the boatman was not a smart man. Um, <laughs> I'm not like, a boat designer. I'm an, a website designer.
0: It's like, it's.
2: it's d- <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Can I just make emails, <laughs> not boats. <laughs> Can you put a boat in an email? No. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't steal a boat. DJing with training wheels, um, super easy. And, uh, you but can't, on a boat. can't really mess up. God I was mixing metaphors. I, I say, it's like driving a boat on full speed. That's what I say, but it's also like riding a tricycle with training wheels or something, or like a tricycle bike with, boat. Bike with training wheels. Yeah. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Try boat. Anyway, real easy to, to mix music with that thing. Um, Eventually, it was, uh, it was, it succeeded as a uh, fun product to play with. It did not succeed as a viable business. Yeah. So, eventually, I uh, had to move on from that. And during my time of unemployment in San Francisco, which is super fun, by the way, if you can do it for a little bit of time. What'd you do? Uh, worked out every day and like went on long walks and like meditated and I did yoga three times a week. Yeah. Sounds it nice. It's just amazing. Just sounds chilling.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but after I use that time to think like, what do I want? What do I want to, how do I want to grow? Like, i um, uh, I'm in this time where it's like still have a lot of energy, like still like I can. Got a lot of gusto. <laughs> boom. Um, I can still try really hard at stuff. Like there's a lot, there's a lot to give. So it's like, what do I want to put my energy into that's going to benefit me, uh, in the long run? And what I realized was that my entire sort of career, uh, I was solo by myself. So I was like the solo designer at the startup. Uh, I was, I was the design guy. And I never really had any support or design team or design mentor or anything like that. It was always just me and other people who weren't design people and then, like, whatever on the internet. And that was it. Uh, So I realized, I'm like, okay, so I need – in whatever I do next, I want a kick-ass team of people to be, like – my squad like people I can lean on, people I can ask for help with we can solve problems together um, and so so yeah that's what I that's what was going through my head when I was uh, when I was interviewing for my next gig
1: how do you do your search
2: uh, similar to um, how I got to San Francisco in the first place
1: the feelers
2: so I put out the feelers <laughs> except this time having lived here for three years at this point, I knew a lot more people, uh, with which to put my feelers out to. Yeah, yeah. so you could feel
0: a lot more people. I could
2: feel more people, so I was like, "Dude, so many people, (laughs) feeling it." Um, yeah, I, I, you know, reached out to several individuals, and I was like, "Hey, uh, my time at Crossfader is coming to an end. Ready for the next thing?" Just a Crossfader out gonna fade cross.
1: <laughs> cross what's
2: the cross i think fade that's into... i think that's how i signed off on my on my i'm leaving email oh, <laughs> no. Like,
1: out oh no oh no <laughs> and then they were like uh okay <laughs> um yeah anyway um
0: and and you left and they all groaned and it was like <laughs> oh <ugh>, that guy <laughs> So much, no- we were gonna miss you, when and that happened. <laughs> and you down. signed off your email like a goose, <laughs> <laughs> like a goose,
1: like a goose. <laughs> Why is it like a goose? What does that mean? Don't, don't,
0: it's a goon, but from like a Colorado nice boy. He didn't want to say goon. Oh,
1: let's move past this, yeah. Okay, um, <laughs> the, the one thing in, in there that I don't want to skip over is uh, as you were, so I had a very similar experience of being, um. The only person solo, team. yeah. Having in the back of my head, like I need a team, I need, I need support, I need yeah. mentorship, this kind of thing. So, how did you start to narrow down which companies would fit that mold? Was it a size of company? Uh, did location?
0: you want one in place or the ability to build one? Uh,
2: uh, yeah, yeah. So, so
1: criteria.
2: Right. So my criteria for uh, where I wanted to to work next was uh, I need something that instead of trying to make something out of nothing i need something that is already working that i can be a part of making it way better i wanted to i was aiming for like that growth stage uh area so not like you know a five person company like crossfader was or a three person company like feather was when it started but you know maybe a couple hundred people maybe have a design team maybe have a design director maybe have uh, a lot of engineering support. Um, and yeah, I was really I was trying to optimize for um, having other people that I could learn from as a designer and that I could just like fit into that design family. Sure. So like a little bit more structure, but not too much, I guess. okay. But uh, so how I figured out how I figured that out was you know on the phone with people when you're doing that first phone call. Uh, I, I put out feelers in the right places, I guess, because I had like a blitz. Uh, it all happened really fast and all at once. And when you're interviewing so freak with so many people, like all the time, all day for weeks, it was like for three weeks, basically, you get really good at kind of talking about yourself in like a succinct way. And then if what you're saying doesn't totally match up with what they're saying, then you just you thank each other for your time and you move on your way. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't need to be this whole weird kind of like, well, what about
0: I'm going to shoehorn myself into you, this thing that you're describing yeah. and like,
2: yeah, like, Oh, like, let me just tell you what you want to hear because I want to make you yeah. happy because we're it's on the this phone
0: dance like, of like, how no. do we, yeah, yeah
2: exactly. So uh, by the end of it, I was like, I was telling, I would say things like, so based on like our conversation so far, like how, good of a fit do you think that this is? And like, they would be like, uh, like Oh, and they, wow. And if At what
1: point w- did you ask that?
2: How soon? Like after talking for 30 minutes, like I would be like, I would describe like myself, my strengths, what I'm interested in. And then they would describe like their situation or whatever. And I would ask them a few questions like, you know, how large is your design team? Mm-hmm. How, like, what was the first design hire? And many of them would say like, Oh yeah, well like we don't like, like you're the first designer. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, that's really nice, but I, I'm breaker, I, I don't yeah. think it's that would work for me because I need to have mm. at least, you know, I was thinking on the low end, like at least five or six other design people. Sure. Uh minimum. And maximum, you know, hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Like, let's go for it. Sure. Um, so, yeah. And then when I was interviewing at Gusto, uh, something about, it's just sort of like a trifecta of like, yeah, there's a badass design team and everyone's uh, a talented designer there. But then also um, something about just the the vibe of, of everyone just being like really nice and really genuine and sort of like valuing uh, like human connections and like, people paying attention to how they feel and how other people feel and just being uh that that was really different for me okay. in a in a work setting okay and something about that was really really special and i think that that's what a lot of why people like startups because it's like small group and you're friends and you like hang out together and stuff and it like feels good it doesn't feel like work um so you said yeah.
1: trifecta but you've listed two things
2: well, then I say one more. Well, we don't, we have a no shoes policy. <laughs> that, was the, that was the deal the, maker. It was the deal maker. You don't wear shoes. The deal was made. Do
0: you uh, remember the first time you went in there and they were like, Hey, so take your shoes off, throw them in the cubby. How'd that feel for you? Cause it's an interesting experience. Exciting. Well, Spring.
2: so I, I knew it was coming mm-hmm. because uh, they
0: told you in advance. Wear yeah. socks. Yeah, I mean, I, w-
2: I was told in advance. By, wear
0: matching socks. Uh, that seems like a good character <laughs> test is like, how do people handle this when it's just thrown it's like, at them all of a sudden? Don't
2: be alarmed. It's like, we're sure to wear some cool socks because mm-hmm. we have a no shoes policy in the office. Smiley face was something like the email. And I'm like, okay, that I'm, I have no problem with that because I decided about six years ago that I really liked socks. So I've been working on. You're like, holy shit, collection. this
0: is perfect for me. <laughs> a
2: match made in yeah, heaven. Yeah. So that worked out. Um,
0: if the shoe fits, boom, <laughs> <make> it off
2: <laughs> and put it in a cubby. Yes. Uh, if you don't have socks, I think they have like little disposable slippers, recyclable slippers that they dish out. Um,
0: but they also have gusto socks. Yes. You yeah. can get we that merch, just, like, that way
2: to anybody. Just, I believe you have some,
0: I mean, so you clearly just give them away to anybody.
1: <laughs> so you, Anyway, You ended up at Gusto.
2: I ended up at Gusto. Um, Great design team, uh, really awesome culture as a company. Uh, And then like product market fit, like as an actual business that's Mm -hmm. actually kicking ass. So that was really interesting to me. Um,
0: That's generally a good thing. (laughs)
2: Yeah. It's like, well, so that was like, you know, part of, that was like part three. The most important thing for me was, do I, am I going to have a environment where I can develop relationship with other designers and like work as a team and like really flex that muscle of of not just being, not being solo. Like I have tons of experience designing by myself, but I want to design with other people. And so that was thing number one. And thing number two is like, how does it feel? Am I interested in it or whatever? And then number three was, is it going to be an actual company or, or not? And so gusto ticked those boxes. How long have you been there now? It will be one year on April 21st. So currently I am at one year minus three weeks.
1: And your April Fool's prank is not going to cut that short.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no. It's a, there's a, there was a lot of
1: SFW. uh,
2: It it was, yeah, it's SFW. It's super fun. Uh, and there was actually a lot of discussion about that at a design critique we had, Mm -hmm. um, I brought it up to everyone and I was showing how it worked and they're like, well, we need to be careful because like, what's the, and then we, we did like a little thought exercise. What's the worst thing that could happen? Like, what is the worst? Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. you don't want like a negative PR on your April fool's joke. You
1: offend someone.
2: Because that's <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like the Bad. mic drop Gmail send an archive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You, you, it was the undue send. Do you have send, a recap
2: right? of that? real quick.
1: Right. It is the undo sender.
2: So Gmail's April fool's joke last year was a, uh, they replaced send an archive button with mic drop, which basically it sends an archives and then like deletes the conversation. So you don't receive replies and it attaches an emoji of like a minion from despicable me dropping the mic. So people got fired over this. And it, there was like a huge snafu. Good one. Yeah. Gmail? Yeah. <laughs> Holy so, shit. Sorry wow. for listening, Gmail guys. Oh, but.
0: man. Wasn't there one when they like put a bunch of Pokemon on a map and you could like click around and like catch Pokemon all over the map?
1: That's just an Easter egg, dude. Google Maps?
2: Yeah. That, see, that's an example of a great...
1: I know. That trick. was a nice thing. But that's not a joke. That's an Easter egg. That's just a thing. Wait, what? Yeah. Why? I mean, it's not a joke. You can turn it on like just all like, the time? I think so. Unless it was only for... A when day? Pokemon Go came out or something.
0: See, I thought Pokemon Go was an April Fool's joke. Because no, <laughs>
1: one, no one would make a product that bad. Ah, their bank account would beg to differ.
2: For a short while until them hey. people came to their senses. So I works forgot
1: works. things could
0: be like, I forgot only good things could make money. Ah, you're almost a year into
1: gusto.
2: Um, Yeah, and so it's an interesting time because I get to kind of I was thinking about trying to write one of those my first year ah, those, one of those yes. reflective uh-huh. pieces looking back and also looking forward um a lot has happened in the year I've worked on a lot of stuff and I feel like I've gotten I've grown in a way that was unexpected to me at the time so if I were to go back a year and think like a year from now what do you think you'll be better at uh you and- wouldn't say emails I would not have said emails. (laughs) Um, I remember it was one of the first, it was one of kind of one of the interview questions in the final round. It's like, what are you, you know, two years from now, like, what do you want to be doing? Like, and I was like, I want to be, my whole thing was, I wanted to be more, uh, have be more well-rounded and more sort of autonomous. And like, I wanted to be more technical and I wanted to be able to do all sorts of stuff like by myself, like, but, also, in a group, sort of like, I'd be like, I don't really know how to describe, but I wanted to want become to be more-
0: You want to Batman, but oh. he also worked with the Justice League.
2: Precisely. Exactly. And so, once in a while, they just call out Batman, he goes in there. And yeah, he's yeah,
0: yeah. mostly a dick to everyone.
2: Have you seen the Batman Lego movie?
0: He's a complete jerk. <laughs> All the time, always. <laughs> but the
2: type of jerk that everybody loves.
1: Ah, yes. was that,
2: that type of jerk. <laughs> <trick.
1: laughs> um, so, yeah. Are you making progress on that?
2: So- Yes, a little bit, but the area where I've really grown, which I really appreciate, is um, sort of communicating ideas in a group setting. So, like presenting ideas, like when you have critiques and stuff, uh, when you pitch something, when you're like showing the senior, like sort of, you're showing the like execs, like what the plan is for the next six months or whatever, that telling that story, getting people on the same page, painting a picture for them, uh, is something that I didn't really have training in sort of until now, like kind of fumbling through my first few like pitch decks of like explaining to people certain designs, uh, and then really sort of developing a process for, setting the stage for why something matters at a high level and then explaining sort of the problems, explaining how I solved the problems, what type of feedback I was looking for, the stage of development something's in, and then sort of walking them through it in a linear way so that it's digestible. Mm-hmm. And Then that way you get to have a focused discussion that's productive mm-hmm. about the work instead of, you know, people getting lost or zooming in on something that's irrelevant. What's your
0: April fool's joke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to
1: keep coming back <sighs> to this, man. No, I, when does this episode I, I go was live? Literally when asking. Does, I was saying this... like,
0: that's like a, a point of minutia that people can get into. That doesn't matter.
2: I mean, I can talk about it. If this is going to come, come uh, out, it's
1: going to come out before. So. It's so going to come,
0: come out on Wednesday.
2: No, I
1: think the the communication thing, I mean, that just comes up over and over again is like, well, how can I be a better designer? Uh, Learn how to talk about design. Learn how to talk about
2: design. Learn how to write about design. Learn how to like give really good feedback that is helpful.
0: Make Um, emails. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm doing emails right now and I'm very angsty about it. (laughs) You you mad? Uh, I made a thing for making emails a while back and this thing doesn't work with it. So I have to do them all from scratch. I'm all sad about it.
2: You got to have roadie. Oh, dude!
0: Like so, you like write you write Tony Stark. Comp- you write best SCSS, friend, James right? Roddy,
2: and it it compiles to making it inline.
0: Oh, yeah, that's you don't premailer write inline styles. Premailer, that's okay. what my other thing was based on. Uh, it was like gulp and SCSS and premailer and like. It just yeah. inlined everything. You
2: got to have something like that. And then you can actually make like a system of emails that makes sense. Yeah. Send so millions of
0: emails. My problem right now is that what we're using uses mustachio, which is a fork of mustache, which is a templating language and it doesn't work with all the other stuff I have in there. So I have to like build everything from the ground up, which sucks. Yep. Sorry. And there's no way to test it with this uh, postmark app, which is what we're using. Mm. So I'm just, I'm just anxious about emails. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm giving you more shit than usual that, about that's, emails. That's okay.
1: Well, what I would really want to get at is yeah. you're halfway through your, where you see yourself in two years question.
2: Halfway. Exactly.
1: What's keeping you up at night now? What's the big thing on your mind.
2: So kind of circling back to how I was, how I've grown has been unexpected. It's uh there was a shift that happened for me sort of around the beginning of the year in January where I realized instead of trying to make up for things that I'm not as good at, instead of trying to like fill all the holes and like become the perfectly well-rounded uh, designer,
0: which is not very triangular.
2: It's not. Instead, I want to double down on my strengths mm-hmm. and figure out what the things are that I'm naturally really good at and enjoy and just lean into those really hard and try to um, figure out how to be the best at those things uh and what that seems like uh, it is are sort of like explain like what i said earlier like sort of presenting things and like wrapping things in a in a way that's digestible by others sort of like community getting people together um trying to be like inspiring in that way um so i'm like kind of leaning into that stuff and exploring that right now but to answer your question what keeps me up at night uh, mostly my roommates cats. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but seriously,
1: everyone
0: makes but, that literal
1: joke first, <laughs> but seriously, John, get your cats out
2: of the room. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's thinking about thinking about what's next. Um, and thinking about is the time is the way that I'm spending my time investing in myself, like going to achieve the optimal outcome. So, it's like I do all these sort of different things. You know, I design, I play music. I try to make art. I try to spend a lot of time with my family. I try to snowboard. I skateboard. Uh, I try to go to music festivals and stuff like work a lot, like try to take care of my body, like all these things. And it's like how I feel sometimes like it's too many things. Uh, and I feel like by being 90% at all these variety of things while I enjoy all of them and I love all of them. And that's why I do all this different stuff. It might be better to just focus on one thing.
0: Is this a don't half-ass two things, whole ass one thing kind of deal? Whole ass
2: kind of, but it's like, it's not that I think I'm half-assing anything. I just recognize that there's only so much attention that you have and is, should I be kind of splitting myself between Like music and design and like going to music festivals or should I like, how, how does that, does that work? Uh, You're managing
0: your human
1: resources. Well, (laughs) I I mean, to be honest, I I understand, but I also feel like I've gotten caught up in that mindset before and ended up making trade-offs that I didn't really want to make when Mm -hmm. really the answer was just balancing better. Right.
0: wouldn't it be nice if balancing better was an easy thing to like define?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Balance better. Well, what I mean is doesn't have to be going to no music festivals, right?
2: Right. I think what I, uh, sort of the working uh, thesis in, in my mind at this moment is that it's not necessarily a trade-off between music or design, yeah. like fun or work friends or family, yeah, yeah. but that they're kind of like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so the creative energy that I get out of doing design and solving problems, uh, is the same creative energy that I feel through music and DJing. Uh, they're just slightly different, but it's the same core. Yeah. Right?
0: Different sides of the same triangle.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> That's it. We're out of time. Okay. That's a good place to end. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out, man.
2: Yeah. Thank you guys Thanks for coming, dude. Super fun. I like the echo in the, uh, the, the ear.
1: I hope it wasn't echoing.
2: Plug. No, 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 not an echo, but like I can hear myself. I never uh, talk yeah, with yeah, my yeah, own yeah, yeah, yeah. sound in my
1: ear. It's a weird feeling, huh?
2: No, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: my voice is dope. Yo, I really just want it
0: piped into my ears all the time.
1: Uh, can I take these headphones and mic set and preamp and server? And can I just get one of these to go? <laughs> yeah, I'll cool.
2: will just uh, slide it.
1: Just a backpack so you can always listen to yourself talking. <laughs> hmm. Awesome. Startup idea.
0: That was episode 191. Thank you so much to Will for coming and hanging out with us. That was a super fun chat. Got to cover a lot of ground, a lot of triangles, a lot of shapes generally. Let us know what you Both th- with training wheels.
1: Let us know what you thought. We're on Spectrum at spectrum.chat. Slash tilde tilde design hyphen details. Ah, that URL. That's a good URL right there. Join us, chat about the episode at spectrum.chat. And of course, before we go, thank you so much to Flow, who sponsored this episode and made it possible. Flow is a simple project management tool for designers, by designers. You can learn more at getflow.com slash design details. If you sign up through that link, you'll save 20% on a monthly plan or 30% on an annual subscription to help you do better work with your team. Again, that's at getflow.com slash design details. Thank you, Flow. See you next week.
2: uns 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 what per uns 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 yeah there was a really uh not really great um what's it called when they do like a a story about a person but like an in-depth story
0: documentary
2: but like a an Bi- article
0: biopic
2: biopic uh, I don't know. Rolling I- Is it in rolling stone about
0: or like I- interview
1: or let's in-depth? say let's say interview
2: well, okay, it, yeah, interview sure. Uh in-depth biography, portrait of yeah, por- Avicii oh. in Rolling Stone and it was titled The King of Unts 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 and it was did not paint him in a good light.
1: But Avicii doesn't make it his own, own music, right?
2: Um Does not I'm he? sure he has like a series of ghostwriters, but he basically like was riding high on the world tour level thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then he like quit touring. He's just like, I'm going to stop and chill out. Cause I guess like he had, you know, things happen when you're 20 years old and you live like that. Sure.
0: He's got a different triangle of passions now. (laughs)